G'day ladies and gentlemen, my name is Troy McCubbin and here we are, another episode of Guitar Wank. I wanted to say Wank Guitar and that doesn't make really a lot of sense. So it's Guitar Wank and we're here with Bruce Foreman and Scott Henderson and this is episode number... We've got a question here from Eric, and you know Eric's come on board. Eric Freck. I don't know how to French French Freck. Sorry, Eric, if I'm messing that up. But um, Eric, come on board because he listened to the you on Tim and uh, Pete's show. Okay. And he oh, liked cool. that so much. I think mm-hmm. I kind of think we should get Tim and Pete on here. Oh, we could. I, it'd be fun, uh, man. I think it'd be fun. It mm-hmm. might be loud and just. Everyone talking at once, kind of fun stuff, but it could be interesting and fun. I'm okay and it with might that. get Tim and Pete out of their element, and they might mm-hmm. feel a little, uh, they might be a little lost in this element. We no, don't. I don't think so. We don't talk about, I mean, jazz all that much. No, right? I'm talking talk about, about just like being a music. They might have to let their guard down a little bit, and maybe we can get some drinks into them and. Yeah, you just get them high on crack. What do you right? mean? You, you're not like, you don't want to do that kind of stuff with them, do you? Uh, I kind of want to get them, well, because they... No, they're... I mean, you're not like, you're not like hot for one of them, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim's a really nice guy. <laughs> you, like, you squeal so like a pig. What's the question? No, they're, what's the they're question? fun guys. I think it'll be interesting and we, you know... They are interesting guys, they're man. Great, they, they're they're very knowledgeable guys. guys and, show, and, I love uh, their show and um, yeah, they, I think it'll be fun to get them on here. Very good um, musicians. Um, fans of their playing. All right, this is um, from Eric and he's a fan of everyone. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah, he has a question. Scott mentioned that many of his... This is a teaching question. Sorry, Scott. Well, well, give it a try. We'll dance around. We'll see what it... Scott mentioned that many of his students don't know all the notes on the fretboard, while Bruce claimed that his do. For several years now, I've made it a point to spend my time each day trying to memorize all the notes on the fretboard. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I still don't know the notes cold. I fear that I'm memorizing all the exercises that I do. Any advice on learning the notes on the fretboard? Well, I mean, it's just, it's no secret to, it's, to learning I, it. It's no. just, a, it's just, an, unfortunately, it's a tedious thing to do that you just have to do. You have to. There's no really getting around it. It's just harder because it's not laid out in black and white like a piano. There's five pianos because there's one repeat but, but, so oh right so, i never thought about that yeah so so it's like five <laughs> pianos that you have to memorize but what? you know there are reference points you know like in other words if you take an f you've got f on the low e string then you can reference that to f on the d string exactly. you can reference that to f on the b string then you can reference you know you, there's there's those reference points where you can see all the F's on the guitar. Then why see all the use, F sharps. Why do you have to go F? Why do you have to use I'm, F? I just said F as an <laughs> He's example. He's got that on the brain. Because it's, uh, I've got fuck on my, on my brain. You know, then you take all the F sharps, the G's, the A flats, and you just, you just go up the neck and find all the reference points. And sooner or later, you get it done. It, it, it's just the same thing as a lot, a lot of guys at, at, at school will say, well, God, I'm having a really hard time learning my key signatures. I'm going, dude, my daughter knows her key signatures. She's 12. My dog knows her You know, I mean, if I asked Angela, like, if I, if I say, Angela, what's the six in the key of E? She just goes C-sharp, Daddy. She knows it. Right? I <laughs> mean, love it's, that. it's just like the multiplication tables. They have to learn those in elementary school. Right. 
So, I mean, how can it be hard? Right. It can't be that fucking hard if little kids can The guy can sent learn. an email, right? So, so <laughs> That's yeah. harder. So, That's yeah, hard. I would think it's harder to send an email. So, now, learning the notes on the fretboard, that, that is tough. And a lot of people, and I understand why it's tough, because it's visually, it's very confusing when, you know, you, you're, it's not like a piano. It's a much more difficult instrument. So that's why I, I'm very nice to my students when, when they're, they're looking for a, you know, they're trying to play over chord changes and they're, they're, they're attempting to, to create a motif and then they get to a place where they can't finish their idea. And nine times out of 10, it's because they don't know where that note they're looking for is on the fretboard. Right. They may know that they're looking for the third of the next chord, but they can't find it. And and it was usually, that's that's when I tell them, just stop the music and go, what note should I've played there? And then they, they, they go, oh shit, well, there's the fifth. And it was just a half step away and I didn't see it. Well, next time you'll see Isn't it. Isn't everything a half step away? Every, either a half step or a whole step, just about. <laughs> I mean, you're either going to find the note you need. It's either going to be a half step or a right. whole step away. A decent note. Sometimes maybe a minor third, but, you know, usually it's and right there under your fingers. <clears throat> when you hit a bad note, play it twice. the note next to it is equally good compared to how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. No, really. If it's you, true. If you hit a, a kind of bad yeah, note... Yeah. A kind of bad note. They're the kind of good notes right next to it. But if you had a really bad note, a really good notes right next to it. I promise you that this is true. Uh, it's. I just think they should know that you know learning learning the notes. Now, if if you're gonna play, be more of a blues, rock, or metal player, you don't need to know this. You don't need to know that. But if you're gonna learn how to play through chord changes, you do need to know the where the notes are on the instrument. But yeah. but. Here I am telling you that even at my age and as long as I've been playing, I still have those brain farts and blind spots where I go, ah, I clunked on that phrase or that idea because I couldn't find the note I want. Right. If I had just a split more time, if I just had a little, <laughs> just a little hair more time, I would have seen, oh, well, there's the note I need right there, but I just didn't see it. I did, my brain didn't work fast enough to, to find it. So you're and, human and, too? And, very. <laughs> so, so yeah, you just, uh, you just, no, nobody's just human. Keep, you just keep working at it. That's all. It's not that hard. You'll find that the more you do it, if you work on it every day in a month, you're going to find that, oh, wow. I see it very clearly. I like that. I, I always yeah. did the reference points, like know where my A, my G, my B, and C, and blah. Well, you only need Once to know the natural those. notes because, yeah. like, if you need G sharp, it's just a fret up, yeah, and if you need right, G flat, yeah. it's a I fret tell, down. I I make my kids do an exercise. It's a simple exercise. I take a tune like blue and green, very simple changes, right? Mm -hmm. I have them start on their E string. For the B flat, because that's the sharp eleven of the B flat major seven. Then the next note, the next chord is A seven altered. What's the next note that they need to go up to? F, because it's the sharp five. Then the next chord is D minor. The next note they need to go to is a G, because it's the eleventh. The next note they, uh, the next chord is a D flat seven. They need to hit the A flat. It's the next note. Then they need to go to a D minor. Then. Uh, or, or is a C minor. Then they need to hit the B flat because it's the the seven. flat seven of the C minor. Then it's F seven altered. They need to hit the B because it's the sharp eleven. Then they then you go to a B flat. They need to hit the C because it's the ninth. Right. So they're just going up the string and finding the right chord tones, finding the notes that sound nice against those chords. Up and down each string, 
and just pick a tune in the real book and go up and down each string until you're sick of it. And in a month's time, you'll you'll go, oh my God, I, this is so easy. It's not nearly as hard as I thought it was. Okay. That's all. You know what? You know what happened just then? What? Scott. Go tell him. I was teaching. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, Sorry, didn't, didn't mean to, but it, but no, he's got a valid great, question, man. and it's it's it was it's an easy answer. Yeah. And that's all. And, there is and to what it. Scott said is right. There's <clears throat> numerous other ways to to do that, to achieve that. Not not any better, just different. And some of them happen to be on my my music masterclass videos. Oh, like to say. snap! Right. There you go. Right. Get, get paid for those answers. Well, right. they're worth it. You can yeah. pay me hundred dollars an hour, or you can buy one of those and keep it I mean, for a while. Seriously, I, I mean, I come from the school of to sit down with you guys and pay a hundred bucks for an hour. Yeah, that's nothing for the many experience experience you guys have. And I give you a hundred bucks, and I get I get so much out of it. It's going to give me the rest right. of my life to to go through that stuff. Yeah, well, it's worth you know it. that's it's the, so worth well, it. I'm glad to hear you say that. And, you yeah, know, and, and, and I and I appreciate. And that. if you can go to my music masterclass, and, yeah, and Scott's got some new videos about he's working on that are coming out. And I just recorded one. We, I recorded one yesterday. I want to hear about that one too. Um, we are in the editing stage. I've done my editing, and now Adam has to do his editing. Adam Small, and I'm going to have. I really don't want to brag, <laughs> but brag. I will. Brag. I will brag because I'm very proud of this video and I'm proud of just like I was really proud of my chord book not because it's you good have a chord book? but it's because I was the first one to ever do it. Are you hold it you have a chord book. I have the best chord book in the fucking world. I didn't fucking know you yeah. had a chord book. Yeah, I do. Everybody knows about it but you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my my oh, chord book's man. the best, and, and you my, should read all the way through it because yeah. the ending is amazing. Yeah. My, yeah, the ending it's a it's a twist, it's a plot twist at the end, like A major seven morphs morphs into A major seven flat nine. No, I, no, I don't want to give away the the, 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 oh, the, the plot. I'm just telling you, like, tell you, the ending killed oh me. Oh my god, it's amazing. like a novel that I never knew existed. No, really, I have a chord book. Where do and I buy it? I be, you can buy it. On the web, anyway. Oh, motherfucker, I gotta yeah. buy it? I'm here with you. <laughs> I, I believe it's the best chord book ever written. It, yeah. I can buy it where? You know why it's so good? I'll tell you why it's so good. Why? Because most, most chord books are like an inch thick. Right. And the same fucking voicing is written in it a hundred times. Okay, my chord book is four pages long. What? Four pages long. That's it. This sounds like and there's the best over book ever. there's over you a thousand the chords. Notes. That's two yeah. pages there's long. over there's over a thousand voicings, a thousand different chords in my book. We got very because small type. every time I show you a chord, I show you all the possibilities that that chord can be. Hold on, where do yeah. I? I didn't know about this, and yeah. probably the listeners don't know. Yeah. But where do I buy this book? Just go to my website and. ScottHenderson.net and just go to the music and you'll see my book, the you'll chord book. Sign it it's me. called Scott Henderson Chord System. And and it's an amazing book because it's so small and not only do you learn new voicings, but you learn to put different bass notes under those voicings and make them all kinds of different chords right there on the same exact place on the page. What's the you book don't called? have to go Scott Henderson Chord uh, System. And it's four pages big. Four pages big. 
Yeah. Yet there's over a thousand chords in the book. Sounds like an infomercial to me. I got to check this out. I'm going to no, buy you, it. You, but wait, no, there's more. Nobody. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has ever, ever. You know, I've I've, heard, I've had nothing but incredible positive response from this book because people come and they go, "This just changed my life." I had so no idea. So is it like two dollars a page? You know, it's it's like ten bucks, I guess, or so it's two bucks. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I but didn't se seriously, know imagine getting a voicing and then looking at that voicing and all its pluralities right there in the same place. You don't have to go through the this big long stupid book that has a bunch of the same chord written in it a bunch of different times. It's just dumb. Wow. So so Jeez, so we're just this, learning so much in this episode. This, this, this book ridiculous. is uh, this book is a must have. For anybody that's serious All about right. about, so we can get it yeah. off scotthenderson.net. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll I'll go there, even though the, I know the, you. The love scene blew yeah. my mind. And the and the and the video <laughs> that I'm working on now, I'm very proud of because I don't think anyone has ever done this yet. Um, it's a video on how to get good guitar tone in the studio. Well, you know, Robin Ford just released one of these, right? I can guarantee you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm such an asshole. That, that, that <laughs> I can guarantee you that there has never been a video made on this subject that is extensive as this one. I can't wait. We talk about everything from every possible aspect of the guitar to the cables, to the pedals, to the amps, to the mic placement, to the room, to the editing, to the, to the uh, plugins, to... IRs and artificial, you know, uh, virtual speakers to EQs and effects, reverbs and delays. There is nothing we don't talk about wow. in this video. And it's a lot of information that will be very useful to people that are trying to get a good guitar tone. Not necessarily trying to copy my tone, because not only did I show everybody how to get my tone, I also did a whole vintage thing about where to put the mic if you want to get vintage Strat tones like from that era that we all know and love, you know. So it's not just about this my tone. It's about how to get many different kinds of Strat tones. Brucey e. so. Foreman in the back row, what do you, you got a question? No, I, I wanted to, want him to hurry up and put it out so I can check it out. I can't wait. It's, to it's a you cool just, video. You just did one as well. I did one as well. When am I going to do one? <laughs> what, what is yours about? Well, my... Where you place the, the microphone on the cabinet? Is, I've kind of... Yeah, it has nothing to do with mic placement. How nor, come? Nor, <laughs> nor pedals. The practice pedal that you keep telling us you're going to release? Yeah, my practice pedal. <laughs> yeah, it's right after the talent pedal comes out. That was a hell of a plug <laughs> I just did. Yeah, it wasn't right, it? Okay. I've already okay. bought the... Now, I, I'm taking it... To a whole other level, which is, I'm frustrated. I got to admit. Oh, I got, I, it's almost a, ra a rant's coming out here. Uh oh. <laughs> and then I love everybody geeking out on the geekiness of the geek. The geekitude has got me going geekathon. But uh, this geekathon has just got to become geekophobic at some point. And, and I know that everything we buy, it's like the concept is learn to bird. Right, learn how to burn. This is like learn a Bernie burn. Sanders. Thing? No, this has nothing to do with him. Okay, but if you want to go there, <laughs> I can go there too. But <laughs> 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 and, 
Anyways, I had a grandfather. I had, a, I had an uncle like him. Not my grandfather was like him, but my uncle was just like him. Anyways, I'm flipping the paradigm. I believe it's burn to learn. Burn to learn. I say, you know, all this information is great. If you think a chord voicing, a lick, a triad pair, or a rhythmic device is really going to change your music, you're living in denial. Whoa, you just blew my head. <laughs> like I just I base my whole career on my learning on that. I know what he's gonna say next and then you'll understand. Okay, what, what what are you saying? Okay, Where are you here's going with the this? deal. We need to be playing. We need to be getting the music going on an organic level. We need to know the song we're playing over. What? We need to understand what's happening. And and I come up with specific <laughs> devices with which to get inside the song. And learn to learn to learn to not only incorporate melody, harmony, and rhythm together as one thing, right? But also be free to listen to what's going on around you, and to incorporate those ideas that are already printed on your hard drive, that are waiting to come out. That's your brain, by the way. <laughs> you know, they're in your ears and they're waiting to come out, but you're so busy thinking and shoving shit into your solos, those licks you care so much about that you can't hear dick you're just a basic automaton that's taking 20 solos every 32 bar chorus because every time you play a two bar lick you got to think of another one to play then you got to think of another one to play then you think of another one to play and you're just stringing a bunch of musical events together you're not listening to a goddamn thing that's happening it doesn't relate to the song at all except for it relates to the chords which are not even the most important part of the song it's just like it's all screwed up you got to be playing once you're playing and you're making mistakes and you're flowing and you're listening then those licks those chords those triad pairs and those rhythmic devices can change your life it's like a big cake batter you start off with a bunch of flour and eggs and butter and it's this clumpy mess that's not happening and if you throw shit in on top of that you ain't got nothing but as soon as you get that stuff flowing into a nice silky smooth <laughs> move motion you know like <clears throat> batter then you put a blueberry in there and the thing turns pale blue. And that's the beauty of when you're playing and you take responsibility for knowing the song and being in the music and being able to hear what you're doing and hear what's going on around you. Then a lick like that becomes more than a lick. It becomes a whole way, it's like a whole new flavor for the song. And I have got specific devices to practice to enable a person to get to that level. And it's very much based on the way people learn to play before there was all this stuff that crowded their mind and made them be like stuntmen, musical stuntmen. Right. I'm talking about people who play music. Kids aren't smart enough to do that shit, and yet they manage to play great. Why? Because they start playing, and then they just start putting shit in there with it when they're playing. Everything works Everything folds into it, and there's specific exercises that can actually make this happen for you as a player. And that is what my whole philosophy for this most recent video is about. Wow. Mind it blowing. sounds good. It sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, because that's that is I, the number one problem of, of you know learning, and I'd just be the devil's advocate here. 
I'm down on that whole thing just as much as Bruce is, but I also realize that some students just don't get the opportunity to have the experience to play. So naturally, they're going to be drawn to anything that's new, in any kind of instant gratification that they can get their hands on. They're going to gravitate towards that because it's something new they can put under their fingers. Right, right. It's something new that they can have that they own. Like, listen to this new lick that I learned. Does it have anything to do with music? Of course not. It has nothing to do with music, but it gives them a little bit of hope. Right. It's like, okay, now I've got a little vocabulary of licks going and I've got some rhythms going. Of course, they don't have any playing experience to back that up. You know, so when they play, it just sounds like they're just a voc- just a dictionary of licks. Right. They just stand up there and play their licks, but it if doesn't have anything it, to do with... If they're the best they can be, they sound like yeah, it. Yeah. Usually but, they yeah. sound a lot worse than yeah, that. But a dictionary of licks would be they, the best they could ever be. Yeah, but they don't have the experience of like listening to what the drummer's doing or listening to the bass player, forming any kind of a... Of a of a bond with the people that are playing with them and and playing off anyone or having a musical conversation with anyone, they're just not there yet. But they can be, and if Bruce's video can help them get there faster, then that would be a video to buy. I mean, why not? Absolutely. And really, let's just talk about it. we're having a conversation here, and it's going somewhere. What's the most important thing for what any of us are saying? What was just said. Now, let's turn that lens on music. How about being the most important thing you play be based on what just happened musically rather than what you know, what the chord is, what Kurt Rosenwinkel played last month, <laughs> what, you know, what whatever. I mean, what Jimi Hendrix played. You know, how about the most important thing for right now is what just happened. Right. Just changing that whole philosophy. And, and my, you know, and... And that's predicated on knowing the song you're playing, most importantly. And it's also predicated on just leaving room to hear and playing in context. And there are specific, easy exercises to do to at least integrate that. And then all of a sudden, all this wonderful vocabulary, because really, believe me, if you spent time to learn a lick, it was a great lick. And it's a great thing to know. And, and I, I, I mean, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying don't treat it as this isolated tidbit that you just recite for two bars and then you have to start a new solo later for another two bars. You start another solo for two bars. But actually, that, that lick you learned is a, is a lifetime of cool shit. Yeah. But yeah. only when you burn to learn, not learn to burn. Wow. Yeah, you, you, um, there's one thing that I always have to remind my students is they, they just have to develop a, a musical memory because as soon as they play something, they've completely forgotten what they just played. Right. It's just as soon as they play something and so then they, they throw it in the trash in so they can't play in context because they can't remember what they just played. And I'm like, dude, how can you play if every single thing that you play is a brand new idea. You can't play that way. It's like speaking in a sentence of complete nonsense. Like, oh, there's a drape. There's your chair. Hey, I went to the bank yesterday. Oh, have you seen my girlfriend? Oh, I'm going to have a cup of coffee right now. <laughs> it's it's all correct text. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. And that's how people play. 
They just play idea after idea after idea, and they don't remember anything they played. So how can they make it make any sense? Because they're not playing off themselves, because they've already forgotten what they've played as soon as they played it. So, that, and if they can't remember it, how in the fuck is the bass player and the drummer and the other people in the band going to remember it? If you can't remember what you play, how this, are they going to remember Is it? this the difference between a, 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 an OK player and a, and a great player? No, it's the, the difference between a good player and a bad player. Right, OK. Because if you can't remember what you play, you suck. There's not just that, but just the fact of context is if you are if your playing is following a train of thought, yep. then the people accompanying you or playing with you can follow that train of thought. They're not inside your head. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to play this lick over G minor, and then I'm going to play this lick over C, and then I'm going to play this lick over A, you know what I mean? They're not inside your head. So they pretty much know that you're off there like doing some math or playing chess in your head, and so they're just going to mutiny and just play more what like they masturbating want to. than okay. playing chess. Yeah, okay, but you're doing your own thing over there, so they don't need to pay attention to you because you're, because there's no reason to because whatever you're doing now isn't going to matter two seconds from now. So there's that. So that's a big problem that he's under. But there's another problem with it is if you have a musical thought that's based on I'm going to play that lick against this chord. You know the truth is is licks don't give a shit. They're just as happy to sound bad as sound good. Right? A lick is cool. I'll sound, a scale. I'll sound bad. I'll sound good. Scale don't give a shit. It's us that gives a shit. So we have to hear it. And, and, we ha and when we hear it, then all of a sudden it starts to have accompanying inside it dynamics, rhythmic shading, ornaments, all these musical elements start to become attached to that thought, you know, that whatever you were playing over G minor. <clears throat> if this thought starts to become a sound to you, then not only does it become a sound, it has musical elements to it, dynamics and intent. And, and you think about how to get into it and how to get out of it because you're hearing it. So the whole idea is to move this pile of information from this sort of memory intellectual place into the hearing bank. And with triggers, you think about that lick you learned from whoever it is, but immediately you hear it now so that when you play it, you're adding the musical elements to it that make it sound good to the world and give the people playing with you and the people listening to you a chance to interact with it, and then what comes afterwards matters. Mm -hmm. I've had guys come into my room at school. I just want to say, you know, when I make a statement like, okay, you suck if you don't do this or this, it's not me being egotistical because it's easy to learn. I've, I've had guys come into my open counseling room at school that just didn't know how to play. Just like, they're just, they're just sort of like in, a, in, in another world, just sort of like not really playing music. And then within just 15 minutes of me showing them, playing stuff for them, uh, try to do this, try to do that, let's try this, let's try that. Within 15 minutes, they sound good. It's not that they didn't have the talent. It's just that they 
needed to reorganize their brain differently when they play, think differently when they play than they were thinking before because all their attention was on, let me see if I can just get this lick in here and let me try to get this lick in here. And everything's focused on the fingers and the fretboard, not on music. Mm. And I'd get a guy to just like, let's just say you only have two notes. What can you do with those two notes? Impress me with what you can do with those two notes. Right. That's something that 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 now you're going to make music or you're not. Right. Because now you're you. It's like going to Seven Eleven when you see all the candy in the Seven <laughs> Eleven. You're going, what the fuck do I pick? There's so much fucking candy. Do I get Red Hots? Do I get Juju Bees? <laughs> what about Neckos? What about you know chocolate covered raisins? Right. There's just too much shit. Yeah. Right. You narrow all that down. You have to choose between red hots and lemon heads. <laughs> it's an easy decision. <laughs> so when you when you take all that shit out of music, all that decision making and just say, look, just give me two notes. Yeah. Just play those two notes and let me see how creative you can be with those two notes. And remember what you did with those two notes and let me see what you can do rhythmically, dynamically, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, the guy's thinking like a completely different guy. Exactly. And and then it's like, wow, all of a sudden, this guy's sitting here becoming a musician in front of my very eyes. Right. Wow. And it's amazing, like, like what happens when you get all that technical shit out of your brain for a minute and just think about playing and having fun and doing some creative shit on the guitar. And it goes deeper and deeper, and the further you dig into it. Right. I mean, it's almost as if if you look at everything you play as a musical question that that deserves an answer. What it would happen? How would that change how you played? You know what I mean? Uh, Albert King sure knew how to do that, didn't he? Right, but it, so did Charlie Parker. Everybody knew how. Yeah, to do I mean, but I'm talking about even the even the guys that play the simplest music. Right. You know, Albert King had that thing where he would just play, and you know that that music that that uh, conversational way of playing that was right. just so awesome. Right. you start man. off with an idea over blues. Well, I've got the next chord. like very obvious what was next right well you will probably just oh yeah I got that thing oh I got that whole thing Cool. I mean, it's very easy. I just so got we, a concert for free. <laughs> no, I'm just I saying. I didn't pay a penny for that. No, but I'm just saying it was like really obvious what I played. Oh, there's something in there to play something. You know, yeah, I was aware of what the next chord was, but it really wasn't the most important thing. What the most important thing is what did I just play? It's obvious what needs to happen next. I would like, oh, I like that rhythmic part of that. Oh, I like that intervallic part of that. Oh, I like the way it changed direction. 
oh, I felt like just going Tourette's and just seeing how far I could go north, you know, up the fretboard before it started sounding stupid and I had to bail out. All those things, that's what happens in a conversation with a human being. That's how people listen to music. Why the hell aren't we playing that way? Wow. Well, one I can tell you one reason. <laughs> I can tell you one reason for sure. It's the drugs. That, no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's partly it. It's partly the crack. But it, it's it one is a lack of confidence, because to be able to do what he just did and what we try to do when we play on stage is you have to have enough confidence to know when something is cool and worth developing. If you don't think anything you play is worth developing, you won't. So if you're the kind of player that plays a couple notes and goes, ah, that sucks. Let me try it again. Someone, ah, da, 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 da. nah, that sucks. Ah, shit. Nah, fuck. Nah, that sucked. <laughs> then you will be in that zone where nothing ever happens because you didn't have enough confidence in yourself to ever go, hey, that was pretty cool. Let me see what I can do with that. First, you have to say, hey, that was pretty cool. A lot of people can't. Right. And won't say that about themselves. You know, yeah. you know, I talk for years about how I suck. You know, I, I'm the first one that'll say, hey, man, God, do I have a long way to go? And but I, not and while I you're do, playing. No, no, no. When I'm playing on stage, I have to have some swagger. I have to think that I'm good. And I do. Right. I have enough confidence to go up on stage and do a good job. I've been doing it long enough. Jesus, if I don't by now... <laughs> Somebody shoot me. But but when I get off the stage, man, I'm the humblest guy in the world. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot I have to learn. There's so much further I need to go to to, to more to learn about music. But when I'm up there, I'm able to say, yeah, I just played some cool shit. And now I'm going to milk that. I'm going to play that some more. I'm going to play some more shit that continues the story mm. because I, I had enough balls to start the story. Yeah. You have to have enough balls to start a story before you can continue it. Dare I quote Orson Welles again? <laughs> I think that would be the third time. <laughs> the arrogance of ignorance. <laughs> but that's, that's it. the if you, shit. If you don't have any confidence, then you won't ever tell a story. Exactly. That's it. I mean, and you got to have that confidence and just... That's what I'm talking about. When you take all the notes away and you tell a student, you got two notes now. How dare you tell me something's not good? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got two notes. How can you possibly fuck that up? You need to play some music with those two notes. You're going to tell me that your arrangement of those two notes wasn't good? I'm going to go, what, was, what the fuck was wrong with it? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what was wrong with it. Yeah. Because I could take that idea you just played and make a fucking thing out of it. Make a make a big story out of it with just what you just did on those two notes. And then when I show him what I could do with those two notes, he goes, oh, well, shit, that's kind of creative. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. And he does. Yep, yep. And he does. And then all of a sudden, that's what I'm saying. I'm watching a musician grow right before my eyes watching a guy get the concept of how to play music right there before my eyes because you took all that complicated shit away from him and made it easy for him to like what he's doing right burned alert and then he's burning and then he just adds more stuff to it yeah that's right exactly it's he's just my whole he's point. got it he's got a concept Amen. then he's just adding some more stuff thank to you for it. the right. thank you thank for you. the can uh, we talk about something else 
Let, like you, guys, you know what you guys. Oh, let's are, talk about you. You guys, are, <laughs> you guys are so fucking badass. I gotta say, man. Like I listen to this stuff and it's just like, you know, I am on the other side of the fence and bullshit, I'm listening. Jamie, no, I'm serious. Bullshit. I'm, just, I'm on the other the side of the fence. You like guys? This is the Australian thing. Watch no, out for these people. He, he likes ah, me. They just, they just blow smoke up your ass. Next thing you know, they're sleeping with your old lady. I you know what I mean? Watch out for these guys. No, it's like that. It's the way they do it, He's man. Looking at Trump you has funny. the wrong thing. You know, Not, we don't need to build a wall around Mexico. We need to build a wall around Australia, man. These guys are taking over. Thank you for spending some time with us here with Guitar Wank Podcasts. We're having a great time, and you've probably missed out on even better times with the other podcasts that you miss. So you need to go to guitarwank.com, click around, find out all the information that you've missed, leave a comment, buy a T-shirt, damn, buy two, buy underwear. We don't care. Just send us money. I'm here with Bruce Foreman, Scott Henderson, and I'm Troy McCubbin. This is Guitar Wank Podcasts. Seriously, like that whole bit there, guys. I mean, you know, I think, and I can hopefully speak for the listeners, that's what we tap into you guys, just to sit down with you guys and listen to all this. And again, you guys... It's I got something you can tap into right <laughs> here. Whoa, 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 that herbal tea, no. I think, is getting a little powerful. <laughs> what, Damn, are you, what are you drinking there, Scott? What I'm are you drinking? drinking? Fucking bullshit. Yakball tea. I got some shit in my lungs, man. I don't know. I think it's some kind of mold or asbestos. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, that yakball tea ought to work. No, it's, it's, little, I got asbestos. A little asbestos didn't all kill that. All those years of working in an asbestos factory, man, just are getting to me right and now. And what's the man. problem with that? I'm doing as best as I can. You know? <laughs> no, seriously, guys. I mean, it's. All that stuff is just so amazing mm. because as a student, I feel like sometimes I get so caught up in the technical bullshit and you guys bring us home and think on another level. Well, man, but I do want to also it's add, awesome. it's there so is cool. a little bit of a, we got to have a little bit of a disclaimer there. And like those of us that have played a long time, it's easier for us to do this because the fundamentals are far more ingrained <clears throat> in in what we do, right. so uh, while I, while I believe it, it adheres to my credo in life, which is everything is simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And you know, for us, it's a lot easier than anybody else because of our vast experience and because we we have a fairly good knowledge of the of harmony and melody, and we've had a lot of you know those those things make it a lot easier for us to just say, oh, just do this. And I'm not, I'm not for a second without empathy for a person who's working through it and got to do it. And me neither. And, and no, it is, neither. And you it guys is, don't come across like but that. But it is really simple. Don't. It is simple. I right. still promise you, fundamentally, it's a simple thing. It's just not easy. Yeah. It, it's, it's like I was, the guy was asking me about giant steps. And I said, dude, the concept of playing through giant steps is so fucking simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. 
It's just the concept is simple. All you got to do is voice lead seventh chords. And if you did this, you know, did ba da da da, and then attach that to the D7, the nearest note to the D7 arpeggio, da 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 da, and the nearest note to the G major seven arpeggio, da 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 da, right? And you sped that up, you'd have John Coltrane. You know, it's an easy concept, but it's not easy to do. Because you've simple, got to know the concept, simple concept, right. But doing it is hard, but you've got to know where those notes are on the fretboard. And it takes a long time to learn that shit and get it under your fingers. Right. And I'm totally empathetic with anybody that's trying to learn a difficult tune like that because it takes a long time. You've got to play it slow for many years before you can build up the speed and play it as fast as, as the record. And... Yet, the concept of how to play it is dead easy. It never changes. Dead easy. Never it's changes. so easy. I mean, I've, got, I've yeah. got like 15, 20 pages of harmonic analysis of that particular song. Actually, not just that song, the first eight bars of that song. <laughs> and, and yet, he's totally right. It's all simple. It's just basic reharmonizations using... Stuff we do on uh, Blue Boss or Autumn Leaves or anything any, any tune. It's just blues. It's just voice leading the chords. Right. That's it. It's simple chordal voice leading. It's simple as possibly can be. But to do it is not easy because you've got to know your fingerboard really well. And how many guitar players really know their fingerboard that well? And you got to know your harmony too. Yeah, you got to know your harmony. You've got to know which notes belong over which chords, and you've got to know, uh, you know where those notes are on your fingerboard. And you have and to that, start looking at, at the hidden stuff that's in there. That, that takes a while to learn. So right. Once so, you learn um, that, then there's the hidden stuff that's, in, yeah. that's very obvious, but you don't see it because you're caught in the first level of what's, what's yeah. on the page. So let's talk about something else now. So, Did anybody oh, see the... Um... But however, I think, and I think I've already done, I think I've already, <laughs> speaking of this, I think I've already done this, on, but it's worth doing again. Uh, you know, Giant Steps. Everybody knows this is sort of like the, it's kind of like the litmus test. Are you a burning jazz player? Well, you got to play Giant Steps. It's one of those, uh, you know, what do they call it? Um, gauntlet kind of things. Mm. And, you know, but did you know the words to Giant Steps? <laughs> We've done this before, yeah, but that's yeah, okay. But you don't remember. But now he's uh, so it's like, like, I heard some singer goes, Giant Steps, this is Giant Steps, or some bullshit like that. And I'll tell you, here's the lyrics to Giant Steps, because I've sat in a room playing it with a million people, and they all sing the same thing. And it's like, shit. Fuck. Damn. <laughs> Shit. That's the lyrics to Giant Steps. Everybody plays it. That's what they're saying all the time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what about some ACDC? It was worth doing again, right? It's a good enough mm. bit. Yeah, Maybe it is a good bit. They're it not was, binge yeah, listening. Gonna be and probably the people listening are as old as we are. So they forget, too. I think yeah. with some younger people listening, but all that shit is, it's just so amazing to hear you guys talk about that stuff. Because it, it, it's, you guys are on a, just thinking on another plane, and then you bring us up to that, and then it's like, we have a... But you know what? I got to tell you something. It's badass. You gotta, I got to tell you something. This is going to sound really ludicrous, but good, it's, good. it's really true. Right. Just the fact that, jazz musicians even need to talk about this shit 
Rock musicians know this shit already. Yeah, but it's simplified, It's right? simpler music, but that's why they're better musicians than most jazz musicians. I would say that there's a lot of jazz musicians out there that you'd say, ah, oh, God, it's jazz. Why doesn't it sound good? Right? Hey, but, man, but jazz you, yeah. is much better than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but see, these rock guys that play creative rock, the vocabulary isn't that big. You've taken away, like I say, my two-note guy. Okay, well, now you've got five notes. You've got a pentatonic <laughs> scale. You can be more creative. You don't have to worry about all these scales and chords and all this big vocabulary that comes with being a jazz musician. You can just be a creative guy playing rock and roll. Look at how fucking creative Jimmy Page was. Hmm. One of the most creative musicians ever to be on this fucking planet. Yeah. And he was so creative, a creative genius writer, genius guy in the studio, got the perfect sound for the, for the perfect part of the tune, you know, how he could vary his tones and get a million tones. What a genius, right? He, he didn't know about any, any of this shit we're talking about, finding all the notes on the fretboard and <laughs> learning all this fucking bullshit, and he didn't care. Right. But he was a really creative, creative guy. And that's what playing music's all about. It's not about jazz. It's about music. So regardless of the kind of music that you play, that creativity is what it's all about. And just to know that it doesn't have anything to do with jazz. Right. Jazz just happens to have a bigger vocabulary and more rules to learn, right. more theory yeah. to know. But that doesn't make it any better than any exactly. other kinds of music. Exactly. Yeah, it does not make it any better. I just as soon listen to John Coltrane, Led Zeppelin. I love it all, but I'm just saying that it's it's not. We're not talking about jazz here. We're talking about this stuff. We're talking about any kind of music, country, opera. <laughs> <laughs> what about Schoenberg? Did, did you see um? Did you, you see awesome. um 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 the Jungle Book yet? No, dude, you gotta book. see it. The Jungle Book. Fucking badass. Wow, what a movie. Incredible. I want to see it. I'm You'll really love it. it. You'll love it. Bruce, did you see it? Not yet. You'll love it, man. Cool. I'm telling you, it's so great. It's such a good movie. Animation? No. Well, to a certain degree, it's real animals, but they've animated it so they can talk. No, but it's not cartoon. It's real. No, it's not cartoon. Right, no. okay. No, and it's it's just mind-blowing. It's so well done, and it's such a it's such a great film. I feel the same way about it as I feel about Mad Max, you know, Mad Max Fury Road. There's not much <laughs> of a plot, but just as a visual spectacle, it's badass. it takes your breath away. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And and Jungle Book has much more of a story, but it's also just visually stunning. And so it's it's really great. You just, I want to say it. it. Yeah. Is it awesome. all ages or not? Yeah, it's all ages. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, well, man, I'm nobody back, says I'm fuck back in the it. original record. Have you heard yeah. that record? You know, with Louis Prima and Louis Jordan and mm. and all the guys. I mean, that record is so amazing. People should check it out. The I, only person in the movie that says fuck is the bear. He says fuck a lot. He says fuck. Yeah, so well, that's not, the only not reason. The original, but. <laughs> not fuck. No, in the new movie. The bear huh. says fuck a and lot. Sometimes your, he says motherfucker. And you brought you, you brought your kid to that? And you're, and you're worried to let her wear a guitar wing t-shirt? Yeah, what's up with that? What's dude? up with that? I think we got a problem here. Yeah, Houston. we need intervention right now. Right. 
She liked it. Oh yeah, they Loved they it. saw it twice already before wow. they took me to see it because they I was on the road when it came out. What what age group? Oh, any age. It's it's totally a kids movie. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta take my kids. To but it. Uh, that's the kind of movies I love that are great for kids because I go to all the kids movies. Yeah. I loved the Lego Movie. That movie is. That was awesome. so badass, right? It was incredible. So. I love movies that are great for the kids, but also make the adults laugh their asses off. I Toy love Story, that kind man. of stuff. Toy Story is another one. So great, good. great stuff. All that man. shit. If you don't like that stuff, Shrek. Then... Oh man. Great shit, man. Wow. Got... I used to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> Percussionist. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. He was a, drum, a drummer when I played with him. Any other questions you oh, got there man. for us, Troy? I have so many questions for you guys. Like it's ridiculous. Don't answer it. But I just want to read it out because oh, I think mm -hmm. it's just such a fantastic question. Hey guys, love the show. This is uh, yeah, but but Luigi, <laughs> what? Here's a great question. What scales can I play over the D and G chords in the chicken? Oh, oh, the D seven and G seven chords in the chicken. <laughs> I would suggest what D seven and G seven. <laughs> How about? D mixolydian and G mixolydian. Well, is it? Is it fried chicken or is it baked chicken? <laughs> oh is it free God. range chicken? Because if it's free no. range, you might want to play some E flat minor against it. Yeah, free range chicken. All right, I got a question here okay. from Don. Good on you, Don. Thanks, mate, for your support. You guys are all pro players. I love that. You guys. Not uh, me. We, we, we I'm, mas yeah, I'm masquerading as one. Yeah, right. I thought pro meant you make money. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna take that compliment and I'll run with it. I've been masquerading as a professional for many years. Hold it. You yeah, guys are yeah. all pro players at the top of your game. Oh, Ouch. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, this one old lady came up to me at a gig. Of course, this was a long time ago. She probably probably thinks she was hot now, but uh, she came up to me once and she said, "You play really nice." She says, "Are you professional or are you local?" <laughs> <laughs> Local, of That's course. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that story Jeff Berlin told me. He was sitting on a plane with this guy. I don't know if I told the story no, before, yeah, but I will tell you if you haven't. But but you know, they, Jeff said, "So what do you do, man? You know, I, I'm an engineer. I design you know, certain stuff, computers, blah blah blah. What do you do?" Jeff goes, "I'm a bass player," and the guy goes, "Oh, bass! Boom, 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 boom." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Yeah. And Jeff said that kind of summed up his career. Yeah, really, really. Boom, boom. Well, that's like, you know, how many bass players have taken a change to light, light bulb? I don't know. One, five. One, <laughs> five. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh. I thought about some guests on the show. We should have some other... I know, other but we, no one wants to hang out with us. <laughs> no one Do you blame them? Can you seriously blame them? All right, can I get some more of this? Whatever what do, what have you got? What do you want? You got any scotch? Yeah, well... You know what? That might be good for my cough. Give me some scotch. I'm, I'm going That'd to scotch. Right, do we have drink? any more or we just got to go to rye? I'll go to rye. Rice? This is really nice. Do we have I'm, any more scotch over there, though? I, I'll find out, but I got to thank Dexter for this. Troy Dexter. Thank you, Troy. Hey, Troy, thanks for the Dex redemption Dexter, ride. Dexter, mate. Love you, man. If soon as we get a sponsorship from them, I'll switch. 
So what's the next question, Troy? The next no, question on. is... Um, next question is, do we well, have any more scotch? Is, you guys are, <laughs> are all pro, pro players at the top oh, of your game. Oh, that's this one. We're back to this again. back to this. Yet you talk about uh, low show turnout and no one being interested in the music, aside from mostly musicians. It frightens me because I'd like to start an instrumental band that plays jazz, soul, and blues. You idiot! <laughs> What chance does anybody uh, does anybody have forming a band that getting gigs and if no one's going to turn up basically? Okay, here's the deal. Just like, what's this guy's name? This is Don. Hey Don, that's a nice name. Do you know that spell? He's... It's it's nod backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Anyways, you know Don. Here's the deal. You got any friends? <laughs> no. I'm thinking if you listen to this podcast, probably not. But. <laughs> Just assume if you do, you know, the way to be, a, the way to get friends is to be a friend. You want to play music out there and play good music and have people come out and listen? Go out and listen to people. Be part of the scene. Hang out with the guys. Get them playing with you. You play with them. Everybody will support each other. It'll be so much fun. It'll sound so great. People will come and hang with you. That's all there is. Create your world. Don't worry about what a bunch of just really, let's face it, ranting, heckling, you know, <laughs> old geezers like us are saying, you're going to take our word for it? Shit, that's the dumbest thing you could ever do. <laughs> fair answer right there. Well, a bunch of bitter, pissed off, angry, envious, jealous, underpaid, overfed, <laughs> and in Scott's case, oversexed, uh, rock, ex-rock stars. Right, that's a good one. We got a we got a question from Pete Mayton Mayton Matten. Uh, he's loving the podcast and he's giving us great support. Thank you, Pete. Um, got you a question. Safe with us, Pete. Yeah, uh, got a question of Bruce. Bruce mentioned a bit back that oh, McCoy Tyner McCoy Tyner yeah all right was an influence um, and said that he had tried to transfer. Transfer or transpose yeah. some of McCoy's thing to guitar. I'd love yes. to hear more detail about that. Specifically, he applied. Uh, what did he apply from um, Tyner's playing and how? Did that make any sense? Yeah, of course it does. Okay. I mean, but first of all, just in the case of anybody, and when when transferring stuff from another instrument onto your instrument, it's really important just to sit and listen to it and develop a conceptual approach. It's like, what does that sound like? How does it affect the music? How can you make it work with what you can do on your instrument? But particularly with McCoy, besides his unbelievable articulation with his lines and his use of pentatonics inside... Right, for those who, know, who don't know McCoy... McCoy Tyner was the, the, the pianist in the John Coltrane, John Coltrane Quartet okay. from like the late, I guess the 60s, early 60s, through all that period with uh, the My Favorite Things... It was after Giant Steps, My Favorite Things, and through A Love Supreme, and through a lot of stuff. And, and he became known for kind of playing very a lot of fourths, you know, pentatonic kind of stuff, and really heavy left-handed stuff. But his, his linear playing was just as finessed and beautiful as any of the other piano players of his time. And uh, he was very powerful, used a lot of pentatonics, used a lot of uh, two- and three-note groupings. And something I call intervallic root motion, where he's super. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Back that up. What was oh, that? Oh, I call it that. I don't know what intervallic. It's really called. Intervallic root motion. And basically, what it is is you superimpose <laughs> keys over a key that you're playing in. 
particularly if you're playing a vamp like a, let's say over C minor, and you're playing C minor, he will introduce the tonalities of other keys against it to create tension. And he did it sometimes by just playing linearly against it. Sometimes he would drop a, like a big bomb of a C in his left hand and then play like a C to an E flat minor. And then he'd play over E flat minor while the band is still hanging in C minor to create that tension. Wow. Okay. So <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff like that that, you, that, I, that I've incorporated into my playing. Also, being able you know, have a left hand, you just drop down and hit a bomb way down left at the bottom of the piano. The guitar, particularly the arch top guitar, has a, such a big bottom end that you can kind of, I oftentimes like kind of go for that myself. Bass players kind of get pissed off because I sort of obliterate them. It's like they hit an IED along the side of the road in Iraq for a second. But, you know, I just go, you know, and the landscape just goes, you know, and then I play against it. So there's a lot of elements of McCoy's playing. The guy was an incredibly eloquent and at the same time powerful and it sometimes it almost sounded primitive it was you know but it wasn't and uh swung his ass off and miles for instance i think didn't like his playing because it was so powerful he preferred the piano players that kind of were more integrated less declarative nonetheless uh a musician that needs to be listened to and not just the coltrane records there's a record that Joe Henderson did called In and Out, where he's playing some of the most amazing stuff you've ever heard in your life. And also on the Grant Green record, Solid. And also on Fly With The Wind, oh, which is an amazing album. That's his, his album. Yeah, right. And Billy Cobham is on that record. And that's and, more and of that, that pentatonic stuff yeah. that I'm talking about. That's where you really yeah. hear that. Of course, if you listen to Love Supreme, you'll hear it too. My, um, um, McCoy also had a really strong rhythmic personality that you can hear him, I mean, just one phrase and you already know it's him because he had a tendency to end phrases on beat four a lot. Right. So, he would end a lot of phrases there, right? And in a really powerful way. Yeah. You know, he'd drop a bomb in the left hand, <laughs> boom, but you know, it, it, a lot of times his phrases would end on beat four. Right. A lot of his phrases. Yep. Not a lot, but just, you could tell it was him when you'd hear one of those phrases end on, those wacky kind of outside phrases end on on an inside note right on beat four, and you could go, oh, man, that's McCoy Tyner. There's no doubt about it, you know, because he just had such a rhythmic personality. And also, you could tell he was hitting the keys really hard. <laughs> I need a lot of, play with a lot of force. So you could tell he was just banging the hell out was of it, the keys. Was he, and, um, was he a white guy, black guy? Black big, guy. Black guy, big guy? What does that matter? Is he a big guy? He is kind of a big he guy. Was, he was. He's, he's yeah. still alive and he's, he's a lot smaller now. He's a... He, he, uh, we we he's were... Big, uh, he was also... He's a left-handed person. When, when we were... Okay. So, when, so his left hand is real. In, in Tribal Tech, we, we were... We played... Three different festivals in, with McCoy Tyner. Uh, we ran out of ice? No, no, I just didn't say it in the mic while I was walking oh, around. Okay. Um, we played some festivals and we had this joke about being on a puddle hoppers with McCoy because those little puddle hopper planes that 
they're propeller planes. Yeah. And the only way to get to these festivals is there's no major airport, so you have to go on those little puddle jumper planes. Yeah. And McCoy was on some of the flights that we were on. Oh, he was. And uh, yeah, you know, we we heard him play quite a few times, and always just such a masterful player, incredible, and a nice cat, man, to talk to. Just. Oh, you sweetest know, guy. Really nice guy. I did some gigs, Super you nice. know, with him. Not didn't play with him double bills like Scott. And he was he couldn't have been more gracious and humble and yet such a like a a musical giant. Uh, definitely. And his playing was gigantic too. Just a monster. And, and you know, yeah. there's ways for the guitar to incorporate some of the things that the piano, particularly he does, and Herbie Herbie Hancock too. Well, all of them, where, you know, with a piano player, they can put their hand down, their left hand down, and you can play over it with your right, you know, and it's obviously there's a sustain and, you know, it's easy. It's easy. They can have the chord ringing while they play. With the guitar, we've got to sort of kind of be the left hand for a second, then be the right hand for a second, then be the left hand for a second. But you can still do it. And even without the sustain, for instance, that, that Scott has and with all the volume and, and the you know, in the processing, even with my kind of hollow body acoustic side, just by establishing the sound of a chord for a second, letting the audience hear it, and then I can play over it, and it's as if I've got a left hand holding that chord down. It's the sonic memory, it, it, it works, believe me. I mean, I'm not just saying it because I can still hear it in my head. I mean, I can listen to other people do it, or I can listen to recordings of myself many months later when I don't know what I was hearing, you know, and hear the overlap. So while we can't exactly do what a piano can do, we can approximate it. Right. And that's that's a thing I learned from McCoy. One thing I learned from him is I've got about two pages of McCoy lines in my transcription books. You know, I spent a lot of time transcribing McCoy. And a lot of the fourths stuff that I do came from him. And every time I do it, by now it's just a natural muscle memory thing that my fingers do. That's where it came from. It came from him. Those those licks that I do sometimes, I'm you know the people that are unfortunate enough to hear me play a lot. <laughs> they they hear me do it ad nauseum. You mean those guys? When I yeah when I do when I go you know those fourths. And they're they're like kind of fourths, and then a whole step down, then a fourth right, over, right. then a whole step down, then a fourth over. Inter Those kind of licks, motion. yeah. They, and you know when you do them in different keys, when you do them in places where you're not supposed to do them, like a half step up or ha you know a minor third up from where you're supposed to do them. That's all McCoy, man. That's yeah. I have so many lines from him that are so badass. I have this one line that has to be one of the baddest things I've ever transcribed, and it's just him playing over one chord, but going through about five different keys in his lines, just over that one chord vamp, and it is wicked. <laughs> it's just one of the most wicked lines ever. And uh, I learned it, and sometimes I quote it every once in a while. Yeah. And I go, you know, this is jive because I'm just quoting somebody else, but it's just a badass line, <laughs> and I but, learned it, and I use it sometimes. Yeah, but you don't have it's to look at it like, that way. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's, you know, it's it like, still reminds me of, like, because it's fairly long. It's, it, yeah, I know, it, you but know. I know. I've got plenty of them, yeah, too, but, yeah. you know, I mean, I used to chastise myself for being uncreative because I'm just basically saying 
what I learned from somebody else mm-hmm. who I admire, and it was a, a kind of something that changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I look now, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I look at it like I'm dusting off an old family portrait. <laughs> right. You know, it's like right. I'm, I'm revisiting like right. my favorite uncle, you yeah. know, and I miss him so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's to me what I, I look at it as. I don't look yeah. at it as being, un, you know, it's just a bridge to yeah. the next idea. Right, exactly. They're bridges. They're, they're st- I look at it as stuff to play when you can't think of anything on your own. <laughs> you go, okay, the muscle memory remembers, the muscle just, memory in your hand remembers this line, and you just go for it. Right, or and it just occurs just, to you, yeah. God, that thing you love so much, and it yeah. reminds you of, of right. Uncle McCoy or Uncle Wes. <laughs> you know, you just play it. You know, yeah, I've got a bunch of those lines. Sure, we all do. You just go, yeah, I'm gonna play this thing again for the hundredth time, but I I I still enjoy hearing it. Right, right. And I look over. (laughs) The funny thing is, when you've got a band, you look over and they go, they're kind of like rolling. Yeah, they're like, oh god, he played it again. And then I just look at him and I say, well, you didn't know him. Fuck you. You know what I mean? I mean, I have certain things that I do in some of my solos that I do the exact same things every night because I know that. There's, there's, there's a certain part of playing that has to do with pure improvisation, but then there's also the show business part where you want to give the audience the best thing that you have. So if you stumble across something that's truly badass and you really want to just keep doing it because you know it's badder than anything else you could possibly think of. Yeah. It's just it's a becomes a part of the solo. So yeah. sometimes it's an it's just yeah, that's all. the solo has parts that are that are improvised which is always you know probably 80 percent of it but then there's that little 20 percent that's in there that's the same every time usually at the beginning or the end or maybe it's at the climax or whatever but you know you're gonna get there you know you're gonna do it and you know your band members are gonna look at you like ah fuck not again But yet the but they never say dig- that when you pay them. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. that, not again. <laughs> yeah. But the audience is digging it. The yeah. audience likes it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a little composition within the solo. And, and I have a lot of solos like that where I've just did something that I just want to remember it because I, I, I'm proud of it. I improvised it and I go, I'm going to learn that. That was really cool. I'm glad I did that. And it became part of the thing. Totally Nothing thing. wrong with it. And, and no, you know, I, yeah. I heard, and I don't know this for a fact, but I heard from guys who played with him. With? With Louis Armstrong. Louis? Yeah, and and to, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you don't get more jazz than that man. And he would play, and he would, like, dial in a solo. You know, he'd play, and there'd be little parts of something, and the next one he'd grab his good parts. I mean, he remembered everything he did, and he would kind of look around for the thing, and eventually he would get it down to where he had his solo, just the way he liked it. Wow. And in order to improvise, he would just play new tunes and start working them out that way. But when it came to playing this X tune that he'd already figured out what he loved, I mean, and it all came from improvisation, but he had such a good memory, and he cared so much that he just wanted to dial in the thing, you know? And if he wanted to blow on something, he'd play something else that he was working on. 
to like kind of get it going. Fucking computer, mm. that's amazing. Well, a, but a guy a like guys that is why that's a guy like yeah. that. A right. lot of guys do it. I mean, especially rock players do it all the time. Rock yeah. players are always constructing solos and, you know, making. I mean, look at the solo at Hotel California. You really think he improvised that? Fuck no, he didn't. No. That's as composed and melodic as you could probably be. He probably played so much and figured out this and figured out that and came up with that really melodic composition, which people go, oh, yeah, he's just improvising. I don't think so. No. I think he improvised some of it. I think some of it he composed. But whatever, it's a great solo, but it's so melodic and it fits the tune. And now it's just like you can't really play Hotel California without, without playing, playing that, that solo because it's part of the tune. Right, yeah. and when you sing along with it, you sing that solo. Yeah. Just yeah. like something. You know, yeah. the George Harrison solo. Exactly. It's, right. it's that is, right. I mean, when you listen to that tune, you don't just sing the words. You sing, you know, you can't. And those syllables, too. You know, there was this solo, there was a solo I played on this tribal tech tune called Big Girl Blues. And I had a chance in the studio to. To, uh, well, first of all, I practiced over the changes for weeks because the changes were really weird. I mean, it was one of those tunes where the melody really fit well over the chords, but when it came time to solo, they weren't the most fun chords to solo over. It was really a bitch. It just, I, as much as I tried, finally I came up by practicing over those changes for a couple weeks. I finally found out a, some really great voice leading within those chords, and I played that solo on the record. So then we went out and played the song live every night. I could never solo as good as the solo on the record. Never. I could never even come close. Like every night I'd just go, well, that sucked. Well, that sucked. Why does it suck? Because they're just not fun changes to play over. So we stopped playing the tune because it just wasn't really that much fun to solo over. I could never beat the solo on the record. Right, and if I was gonna play it and really make it sound like it should, I'd have to play the solo on the record every night, and I didn't want to do that because it's boring. So I just decided, okay, let's drop that tune and do something that's more fun. But that's that's any anyway, that's just that's, a story. Wow. Well, I think we've I mean, learned a lot in this episode, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Well, I hope. I really thank you guys because now I have to go back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm here, I'm not in reality. When I right? leave here, just I have to this go brief back to moment in time, I have to I have to deal with a lot of. You, shit know, you know, it's really cool that people are writing to us and they're they're on their way to a gig or they're on their way to work or they're driving or they're walking the dog, and all these different scenarios. Right now, they're listening to our voice, and I don't really know what to say to that. It's just. It's it's amazing. Sorry. It's cool. I'm sorry. Saying, I wish I had a gig I was on my way to. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I wish you had a life where you could listen to something better. But, you know. We apologize. But please, go to the website, hit the donate button. Oh, Send us a million dollars. Buy a t-shirt, buy a mug, enter the Five competition. Five I become your president. Right? Enter the competition. Because the competition ends at the end of the oh, month. Oh, man, by the time they hear this, we'll be on the No, next this is coming out Monday. This, all this. Yeah, well, no. Some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Okay, well, something will come out Monday. Something. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bruce, are we doing Guitar Wikipedia? 
Yeah, yeah I, I had somebody, but I forgot who they were. So. <laughs> let's let's talk about that person. How do they? How are they? They're good. Where Eric are they from? Clapton. <laughs> yeah, let's do Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> What's he chasing nowadays? <laughs> I guess he's banking on something happening. Oh, oh he's banking, but I lost interest. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, you should check that. <laughs> oh. You know what? I don't want to be accountable. Okay, okay but, but I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> Call me, guys. I'll be interested. <laughs> Call me when you want to hang again. Yeah, you're doing uh, a withdrawal. Yeah, let me know. You got to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Give us a call when you get cream on that thing, you know. Okay, you got it. See ya. See you later. Oh, we got rid of Scott. Now we can talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, viewers, listeners, thank you so much. And we will see you next week for another Guitar Wank podcast.